basically we've got are we any closer to identifying a top of inflation um, and what measures they're going to uh, put in place to address these issues we've got questions on Elon Musk and Twitter and of course our uh, evergreen favorite what's going on in the crypto space I should say welcome to a, um, another Trading Insights with FXT. Um, we don't have a host, so we're self-hosting. And uh, my name's Tim Muirhead. I'm from Arvidine Capital. And we've got uh, Michael Berman, from, who's the CEO of FXT. How are you, Michael? Uh, I'm you good, Tim. Once again, lots of action since we last spoke. Oh, yeah. So I guess, uh, look, we normally just kick off with a bit of a market wrap. So I guess I'll start off with a bit of a uh, just a market wrap on what we've been seeing, Michael. Um, yes, please. Yeah, it's been pretty uh, pretty wild times in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, earnings season, and it actually started out pretty reasonable. There, look, companies have uh, you know they've lowered the bar so much that uh, a lot of them were beating earnings, and it was looking pretty good. But then we saw uh, some of the majors um, come through, and just recently uh, things have. I guess, sort of taken a bit of a turn for the worst. But uh, look, the real, I guess, the real driver of the markets was the FOMC meeting, which um, happened yesterday. And uh, I guess what the market's been looking for is a bit of a, uh, I guess, a dovish tilt. Uh, they were expecting 75 basis points, which they got. Now, when the press release first came out, it actually said that they, the Fed, we're going to um, allow some time for the long and variable lags of the interest rates to work through to the system. And the market took this as very good news and rallied strongly. And we saw the US dollar come off and yields coming off, uh, basically pricing that they were going to slow down. And then 30 minutes later, when the press conference came on board, we had Powell, I don't know if he was... Uh, going against what they've written or trying to clarify things, but he essentially came in and said, no, nope, they're going to keep on pushing. And I guess one of the key things he said in my mind was that uh, he would rather err on over-tightening now because if they really mess things up, they can always loosen than under-tightening and less inflation run. And certainly that uh, put the cat amongst the pigeons, big reversals in the markets, in the US dollar, in the bonds, and look, we have been... I guess, making new lows. And and I guess on top of that, we've seen some, I guess, earnings disappointments, some of the big names, uh, Apple, you know, Amazon, Tesla. Um, actually, I shouldn't say Tesla, but they did miss slightly. But uh, in the last few days, I guess um, we are seeing a lot of uh, companies starting to cut staff. Uh, I actually had a list of them. But uh, look, you know, Tesla, we're gonna, they're going to cut 50% of the staff. Now, if I just go into my notes somewhere, Sorry, we, we were meant to do this last night. We've had some issues, so apologies to our viewers. But, look, I'll just read them off quickly. We had Lyft cutting 13% of workers, um, Outdoor 18%, Stripe 14%, Chime 12%, uh, Twitter, as we mentioned, 50%, Morgan Stanley's cutting staff, and Apple have put a hiring freeze. And that's just in the last day. So this is the kind of thing that, uh, you know, these interest rates start to bite. We... We got uh, a friend out of uh, Texas yesterday saying the 30-year rate has just hit 
8%, which uh, is incredible mm. given it was uh, about about 2.8% just two years ago. So, uh, look, I think, uh, you know, more pain for the markets, plenty of volatility. It's Look, it's pretty uh, pretty wild out there. It's uh, it's uh, certainly keeps you on your toes. But, uh, what are your thoughts, Michael? I'd be very interested to hear. Yeah, so maybe I'll actually – I'll just – just because you spoke quite a bit about the inflation story there. And I think before I – let me talk about that now and then I'll go and show – with the FXT Navigator, I'll show you what's happening in the marketplace. But, but yeah, I just, I, I'm keen to comment on, on some of those things um, with FOMC. And, and actually, we in Australia woke up this morning to see the, the BOE, the Bank of England, had also raised rates by 075 of so, yeah, from my side, I I was almost going to be contrarian with myself when I woke like when the week started. So on Monday, my view on things was like this, is that we are starting to see the balance sheet of the Fed contract. And, you know, if you believe inflation is a monetary phenomenon, then it was always a matter of time when we were seeing all this QE and this low interest rates and the the Fed's balance sheet, or all this credit creation, it was kind of inevitable that we'd one day see inflation, which we got. And there's obviously a, a strong lag effect before, between inflation and um, the monetary creation. So as we now starting to contract, I was starting to think to myself, wait, wait maybe it's going to, you know, there's a little bit of a lag, but maybe it's really going to start to bring inflation down. But um, then we got some numbers and the numbers were consistently high. I mean, there was there were high inflation numbers. Uh, I know in Europe last week, they were high. Um, um, the US is also still continuing to be pretty high. And then you, I, I, I kind of thought that the Fed might be pivoted might maybe well the market the market was rallying so why was the market rallying we got a little bit of a, a hint with the wall street journal last week that the fed was maybe going to be a little bit more dovish and they were going to do the, the 75 basis points but they were maybe going to speak a little bit um um more in a dovish tone and i don't know if you, tim I, I don't know if you bind to that story there's a, i think his name I, I forget his name now he's in roth or something like that there's there's the, the common wisdom is that the fed likes to there's this one journalist at the wall street journal who they speak to quite um quite quietly and they telegraph what they want to do via this particular guy so the market was onto this and you know was rallying hard and all the rest of it comes the 75 basis points um and then Pal goes off off script with his with his question and answer, and and the one thing I, which is something I've been saying for some time, which he said, which I it's quite quite amazing that he actually said it, is he said that there needs to be real interest rates. He that they need to move towards real in, interest rates, um, to put a lid on this inflation. So just for our viewers to know what 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 he means by that is. I've been saying for some time, if we want to get on top of inflation, we need to have interest rates higher than inflation. So let's say, for instance, if inflation is at 5%, you need 6% interest rates, so you've got a 1% positive 
that, that will slow things down. Not when it's the other way around. When when there's um, when you go backwards. When when right. inflation is higher than when you've got negative real interest rates. So to put the brakes on, we need higher rates. Now it doesn't you know if inflation's coming down, um, it doesn't mean you have to rate hike rates to ten percent. Um, but currently inflation's at ten percent. So if they're talking real interest rates, if I mean that's Chairman Powell talking, it's not me. Um, that that means um, they're going to be aggressive, and he kind of, as you said earlier, Tim, they, they don't want to err on the side. He's going to risk the the recession because he just doesn't want to let this inflation run. Now, I think the recession's baked into the cake because um, one of the most reliable indicators is a negative yield curve, and it has steepened negative. I haven't seen it in the last 24, 36 hours, but it was it was so steep and we we're about to make new lows in terms of going in, into the negative, into the inversion, um, 10 year over two year. So th that, that indicator is flashing alarm bells for a recession. And now it looks like he, he's kind of going to, he, he, he had a very narrow path that they could maybe navigate with in, interest rates to avoid this recession. The recession's coming. I think the, there's no question the UK is in recession. Um, they, I'm almost convinced that the September print will be will show that we in um, we in you know the September quarter was in recession. So, um, um, jobs like because you know. Oh, and of course, Australia had we, we raised rates earlier this week on Tuesday as well. So we, we had a, a rate rise there. And our Reserve Bank governor said, you know, it's going to be for some time that we'll be hiring, we'll be lifting interest rates. So we do not have a clear sight in, uh, on when the top of this interest rate cycle is, is going to be. It's certainly all you see in every week, every, I mean, it's weekly, you've seen revisions to the upside. So inflation is stubborn. Remember, this inflation did not come about from one year, just from COVID. This has been since post-GFC. So since 2009, uh, 2008, when the glo global financial crisis happened, we've been pumping liquidity into the system. And there was an amazing um, article in, in today's Wall Street Journal um, where they actually just showed, because I've been trying to reconcile it in my mind, where anyone who studied monetary economics would have thought, and, uh, and Milton Friedman's um, statement, that it's always, inflation's always a monetary phenomenon. Like, we had it, we had all this monetary creation, and there was no inflation in our goods. Yes, there was asset inflation, um, you could argue asset bubbles, but there was no real inflation. How did we achieve that? And this article in the Wall Street Journal, um, it was done in pictures, it was in images, charts, was really good. It, it basically took us through a story in the last 30 years of global trade, how we had this massive global trade where we introduced China and Russia and all these other economies that weren't part of, let's say, this global network um, come together. And obviously, there was a lot of cheap labor in in um, China. And they were able to produce goods at a very, very low price, obviously, at the cost of jobs in the US. But then the jo 
you know, the U.S. focused on other things that they were good at, services and that kind of stuff, and and idea creation, and and yeah, we had this like almost perfect economy, global economy, and it's kind of unwound over the last few years. With, I mean, we've had in supply chain issues with COVID, but we've also had, um, you know, the, through the Trump era, there was a lot of sanctions on. Um, or tariffs put in with this global trade. And we've seen this global trade unwind, but I'm giving a very long-winded story here. But um, for me, I just found it all fascinating how the pieces of the puzzle started to come together. So I'm just going to end off this little insight with, you mentioned Tim with jobs, like you, you saw those cuts. And, and yeah, I think we're going to have a jobs report. I can't remember what numbers we're getting today, but, but there are some... Um, Numbers now. If we don't see it in today's numbers, we're definitely going to see it in the next few sessions. Of that, that, that jobs are going to be, jobs are getting cut. Um, you, you, you can see it around, um, and yeah. So, um, yeah, interesting times. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. So, well, uh, you're talking about the Fed whisperer. That's Nick Timoros, who, uh, yeah, certainly, um, he's he's been. He's been, I guess, the guy who's been leaking what the Fed's uh, been doing recently. Um, look, I guess the other, um, I was just going to add too, um, viewers have asked us, like, why is, like, the RBA only raising 25 basis points when, like, you've got the Fed in the UK doing uh, much bigger hikes? And, um, look, one of the reasons for that is that in the US, generally everyone goes and gets a 30-year fixed mortgage, where in Australia, I know New Zealand, I can't talk for the UK, uh, we tend to be on variable rates or mm -hmm. look, the maximum you can actually get here is about five years. So when they do rate rises in Australia, it really flows through a lot faster. I mean, the banks tend to put up their rates pretty much the same day or the next day. Uh, it really hits people's you know spending habits. Uh, but in the US, much slower, you know, lag times. Um, and look, and the second thing I was just going to say is... Um, uh, just about you know um, hiring and firing in the US certainly is the f there's a really strong correlation with between stock prices and hiring. So mm -hmm. for example, when a stock's stock price is going up, you know CEOs companies they feel they can hire um, it tends to you know bring on new staff. but when the stock prices get hit, their first thing is to do is start cutting staff and I think we're seeing these layoffs really start and there's probably, more in the pipeline so obviously this will be uh you know bringing inflation down unfortunately uh you know um Powell actually said he saw some glimmer of uh, low, uh hope with uh you know the jobs numbers um improving and when i say improving they're the right now the labor market is extremely tight it's starting to loosen but unfortunately what they actually mean by that is people are actually losing their jobs which is, i guess is the unfortunate side effect of these uh, effects can, can I just jump in and do my quick um, navigator report before? Oh, I would love to, love to, Michael. Wouldn't yeah. wouldn't be trading insights with FXT <laughs> without it. So go ahead. Let me do that quickly. And um, there are definitely some things I want to touch on while while I'm pulling my. Um, why does? Oh, there we go. Okay, so. Oh, the month is a short month, but let's just look at the week's performance. Good Lord. Cotton had a big, had an exceptionally big week here. 
if you look at the pound, um, uh, the, that, that is actually the one thing I wanted to show show everyone um, what what I can do on this navigator. So we know that the they, they raised rates last night in the pound and. Uh, well, in, in the Bank of England. And normally what happens when you raise rates is that um, it's good for the currency, but the exact opposite happened. So I know that it moved over 2% down. So I just wanted to show you how rare that move is. If I put in 2% here and I click on down and I want to see over what happens over the next one day is um, for whatever reason... Oh, I put on up, sorry. <laughs> Couldn't work out why that was. Um, so there you go. The, it, this is the, it's active now. If I'd set this up for to alert me whenever that a signal's created when something moves 2% down, I would have got uh, an alert now. But you, going back to 2014, um, so how many years is that? Let's call it eight, eight years. It's only happened five times that the pounds dropped two percent in one day. So, um, just if I mean, it's not a, a decent enough sample. But what's typically happened on average, if if it's gone down two percent in a day, it's dropped another one percent, one one ish, one and a bit percent the next um, the next day. When when your checkpoint is one, that means what happens over the next day. But obviously, you wouldn't want to trade that um, on five. On uh, there's only five in the sample size. But I, I would say this: it's all I wanted to really highlight is that it's a very rare event. So pretty, pretty, pretty scary. And yeah, I, I wouldn't have anticipated such a such a big sell off when they're raising rates. I think the reason being why it sold off so heavily is that they believe they're into recession and um, and that they'll probably have to be cutting rates sooner than later just to kind of save the day. So uh, I guess currency markets are discounting way into the future. Yeah, and who would have thought the, uh, the, the currency volatility would be higher than the crypto space market? Certainly uh, interesting for you. Absolutely. And just another comment, how fickle the markets will... Um, or voting is, you know, the midterm elections in the US, and I know you, you've you raised that over weeks and months um, often, but there's been, over the course of the last two weeks, when the market started reselling off again, there's been a complete reversal, and it looks like the Republicans are going to win both, both the House and the Senate. Um, so it was the complete opposite a couple of weeks ago. A month ago, polls were very much in favour of the Democrats winning. So um, you know, if we continue to see weakness, I think next next week we're going to have a, a, a split. Well, we will have in the White House the Democrats, and then we've got got in both houses the Republicans leading. And wh why I'm bringing that up is, I think it's going to be really fascinating. The, the central banks are trying to tie, bring in inflation, so they're raising rates, but you know. The, it needs fiscal responsibility as well. In other words, it needs government not to put f um, fuel on the fire by going and dishing out money and cutting, uh, you know, just being too stimulatory. And now that there's going to be all this um, bipartisanship in, in Washington, it's just interesting what's going to happen. So I think we're in for fireworks.
Yeah, I certainly. So I think, uh, look, one of the, I've heard, uh, I've read, said that uh, America is a poor society with some very rich people. And uh, look, one of the scary stats I read is that 40% of, America, of Americans have less than $1,000. So, uh, and they've certainly seen recently, you know, uh, inflation's been going up a lot faster than their wages. So I think, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of unhappy people at the moment. Yeah. You know, certainly yeah. seen that in gas prices. Now, we might move on to the next question, Michael, and I might even uh, do something different here and uh, I'll ask it and let you uh, answer first because normally I... Yeah. I uh, tend to answer and then you only get the scrap. So yes. <laughs> we'll give you a first cut of this one. And this is, um, can Elon Musk do anything with Twitter or will it be a massive failure on his part? Yes. Okay. Well, th th this is an interesting one because um, there are a lot of things. So let, let, me, let me give you my view on how this thing unfolded. So I personally think Elon's ego got in the way of, of him. He likes, you know, he's a big Twitter user and um, he likes to ruffle feathers and so on and so forth. And the next minute, I think he found himself, you know, he was the richest man in the world. His share price was going up beautifully and he was making, adding billions to his net worth every day. And then he throws out a comment and the next minute, he's kind of committed to buying um, buying Twitter. Now, he tried like hell as it was cratering and the markets were selling off, he tried like hell to get out of it. But he, his lawyers, I think he realized that he kind of made these promises and there was nowhere, there was nowhere to run. So he kind of embraced it. Now, he's bought it. But before that, like that, that was my like simplistic view. And I, I'm not sure I'm wrong on it. So it would be a very costly, if it goes the wrong way, it would be a very costly mistake from his hubris of his this inflated ego. One very interesting guy who uh, I know not so well, but he's, he's call him a major player, a whale. He's a billionaire investor. And I asked him the same question about, like I told him my view on why Elon got into Twitter. And he had a very different view. And I thought it's absolute bull BS, um, his view, but I'll share it with you anyway. Just um, let me hear you, your BS detector. What do you think of this? So, so he's, and this is a, this is a substantial guy in, the, in, 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 in world affairs. So he said he believes Elon wants to become the president of the United States. And in order to do that, um, you have to be U.S. born. And he's born in South Africa. And to do that, he'd need to change the Constitution. And in order for him to start um, paving the way for an amendment to the Constitution, he needs to, in, he needs to enhance his platform. Anyway, I'm going on a long-winded story here, but does that sound like, does that sound feasible? It doesn't, to me, it, didn't, it, it sounded rubbish. Um, do, do you believe that? Could be so uh, look it's um i guess um i'm i, I should say I, i've always been a bit of a an, an admirer of elon musk i think uh, you know he gets a lot of criticism for um uh, coming out and saying a lot of things but uh generally you know what he says tends to come to fruition it just takes longer than expected yeah. uh you know i mean look tesla's obviously a raging success spacex raging success He's got all these, you know, boring company, Neuralink and all these other ones. Um, 
you know, I think is uh, self-driving, copped a lot of flack. But look, that's, you know, the March of Nines, it's now getting very impressive. Uh, you can just see that, uh, you know, in order to achieve it, he's had to, uh, you know, build his own um, AI system. He's getting right into the hardware side. I think, uh, look, it's, it's, it's fantastic what he's done. So I tend to sort of, I guess, cut him a bit of slack when he um, he says what he's doing. And, and, and one of the, I guess, motivations uh, he's, has been that, you know, he believes strongly that uh, in freedom of speech, um, he said publicly that, you know, Twitter's the, um, the world's town square. Uh, he, we've obviously seen in the past just, you know, Facebook, Twitter and other platforms, I guess, being hijacked to sway the outcomes of elections. Um, I think he wants to get rid of this. One of his big um, motivations right now is to get rid of the bots, get rid of the trolls. Mm. Now, in order to do this, he's talking about um, having everyone get verified and then paying $8 a month. Uh, so, if look, if you want to get involved in the discussion, you've basically got to get registered and uh, and you'll get yourself a blue check mark. Now, some people want an, 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 an anonymity, uh, yes. which is fine, but uh, if you want to be involved in these public discussions, um, I think... Uh, uh, you won't get the same freedoms as if you're a public person, if, if you're out there. Because right now there is some, I guess, some terribly, you know, awful trolling that goes on uh, by people who are anonymous. And it's essentially the, yeah. the, the bravery of being out of range. You know, no one, you can say absolutely disgusting things with no ramifications. They want to get rid of this. And, look, I think um, just recently, I mean, Twitter's become... Uh, you know, there's, he's obviously getting a huge amount of publicity for it right now. There's yep. a lot of discussion on how he's going to change it. Some people are happy, some people aren't happy. He's talking about bringing in new revenue streams such as, you know, reinstating Vine to take on TikTok. Uh, I know the US is talking about banning TikTok just because it's uh, Chinese-based and obviously they, uh, there's a bit of a falling out going on there. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's, there's so much scope in Twitter to do all sorts of things. I mean... People are saying they could use it for a dating app. I mean, you know, you could take on the news sites. I mean, one of the great problems with the, the modern media now is this the, the pace at which fake news can um, get yep. out and be spread with no, I guess, no tr uh, trusted sources. And they're talking about building up these, like, chains of trust uh, and trying to, I guess, get a bit more... Uh, you know, trying just to stop the absolute blatant lies that we see. So, um, and I guess the last thing that um, Elon's also talked about is, you know, the everything app. And and for viewers, if they're familiar with what China have done with WeChat, and I mean, yeah. I I actually haven't been to China in the last, the last five years, but uh, saying now that if you want to do anything, you need this app to, you know, get a taxi to pay for things. Um, now, if Twitter were to do this, so I think there's plenty of scope for him to. Um, make it a, a better user experience. I think he's also got uh, plenty of scope to um, improve the revenue. He's just come out this morning and said he wants to cut a billion dollars worth of costs out of the infrastructure. And, look, we have seen him with his other companies just mm -hmm. absolutely going hard, get rid of, you know, just streamline these things out. And and all of, all of his businesses are huge, you know, successes in terms of uh, revenue. So I'm, I'm actually yeah. extremely... Yeah positive on it and i think he'll do really well so i i, I must say like when you when he says like he'll cut a billion and he'll probably do it and and people 
in the company will probably t- be telling him it can't be done. And this is where he's great, is that he, he definitely is able to push past boundaries that most people can't or won't be able to do. So he is he, definitely one of those guys who can kind of do the impossible. Um, so I also admire him tremendously and, and uh, SpaceX and all that kind of stuff. I love it. But, um, you know, just coming back to this $8 um, service or fee and all that kind of stuff, I, I think perhaps he's going to be eating humble pie on that particular one because the one thing that has made social media media so powerful is that it's free and everyone knows that they are the product so um the reason why it's free there's actually a cost you're giving away some of your privacy and that's you know when mark zuckerberg came up with facebook he had no business model so he you know launched it in 2000 i don't know when he launched it um, but but um basically 2003 or four i can't remember something like that um um, but but then he stumbled on okay it's free and we've got all this incredible information on people so we can segment it and marketers will love that advertisers will love that so it became an advertising business and i i forget the number but it's around two billion i don't know if it's for six twitter makes about two billion in revenue either half year or full year i can't remember the the actual number but um we are seeing cutbacks in 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 revenue uh, in advertising spend all all across the globe most of the the social media platforms or any of these are, are, are digital platforms are saying that there's a there's a cutback in advertising spend which I'm assuming it's because consumers have less money to spend and 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 therefore the the return people are getting is less. But I I, do, I, do, I just put a question mark over um, there's this unwritten law, un, unwritten rule that you you get it for free. But you do make when, when if he's charging for something, then you need to get extra value. And you did allude to something. Can, can I can I yeah. give you the value proposition? Yes, yes, please. So, so, so firstly, uh, if people want to use Twitter for free, he's not taking that away. That's the number okay. one. Now, right now, look, in the last year, anyone who's used Twitter knows that this um, bot and trolling problem is such a massive issue and such a detraction that, like, you go and post anything and within seconds you've got crypto scams, you've got just yeah. bots talking to bots, talking to, and it just fills up your um, your stream with all this rubbish. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who are, would be very happy to pay, yeah. look, I guess, you know, the price of a couple of cups, a coffee a month to clean that up. Um, so, look, I'm yeah. actually, that's going to be a great thing. I, I know certainly I, um, a lot of people who use it, that's not an issue. But, look, obviously, you know, with inflation pressures rising, there are going to be people that are sensitive to it. Um, and, and perhaps, you know, um, there's a free option and you get more ads. And I mean, I'm sure that's going to be something that they work through. Anyway, Michael, I'm just uh, aware yep. of the times. So we're going to push yep. forward to the next question. I'm yep. really enjoying your conversation, though. Um, Likewise. Basically, anything exciting happening in the crypto space? Over to you. Okay, so uh, I, I will give you two views. Um, and I... So I've mentioned before that I'm a Cardano boy fan, and and I, I basically just for those who are who are interested, there there are a number of different blockchains. 
Charles Hoskinson, the guy behind Cardano, which the 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 crypto is called ADA, ADA, and what he was one of the founders of Ethereum, and he had a bust up with Vitalik, and and went on and went and built his own or um, a new blockchain. So he's a guru as well. Anyone who was a founder of Ethereum knows what they're talking about, and he took a slightly different approach, a much slower but more methodical approach in building a blockchain. Um, and he, they went academic peer-reviewed, and they went with sketching the full roadmap many years ago. They, they've done this. And, and I've been following it for a couple of years now. And yes, it's slower than the others. They've got a massive ecosystem of developers and all the rest of it. And... They get a lot of hate because people say, you know, they call it ghost town and this town and all this kind of stuff because not as much many apps and NFTs and so on and so forth have been written on them. But I took like a, let's say a six-month sabbatical and didn't keep up to date with all the progress happening on Cardano. But um, this past week, I've actually done some deep diving and looked at some of the new protocols and stuff that they've been adding. And... I'm very bullish long-term that they are building the guardrails, they are building real infrastructure that over time is going to become a really valuable um, platform for for people to run businesses on and so on and so forth. So it's had a tremendous pullback from its highs. It's probably off, um, I don't know, 75 80% kind of in line with Ethereum and Bitcoin, I guess. Um, so it's had a big pullback. It's it pay, it's a it's a proof of stake, so you get a yield on it. And and I'm interested in it, and and that's one I'm 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 bullish on for the long term. I've you know this is one I want to leave for my grandchildren, um, and 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 so forth. But but Bitcoin and gold, I'm I'm still you know the. My narrative actually remains, and it ties into our earlier talk on inflation. I think they're going to have to raise rates very hard to pull this inflation. They're going hard now, but they're going to destroy their... And not that they shouldn't be doing this. I think this is exactly what they should be doing. But the economy is going to get badly smashed, and they will all pivot. I do not believe... Any of these central banks will have the goal, the guts to stand up against the political fallout that will come, and and they will pivot and they'll print money again. And I think gold will have its day, and along with gold will be elect- electronic gold, will be Bitcoin, and the cryptos will get a new uh, lease of life. That's my punt. I've been early once again, early, but I'm sticking to it. So there's it. Yeah, I was going to say, look, uh, I mean, cryptos, Bitcoin, Ethereum, they had a bit of a run sort of in the last few weeks and they've settled right down, uh, going sideways now. Look, I mean, I think they're doing relative towards the indexes they seem to be holding in. But I was going to say, what's exciting in the crypto space? Well, with uh, Elon's takeover of Twitter, the old dog money's got a new lease of life. It yeah. went from 6 to 15 or something ridiculous really? now. Really? Uh- Wow. Everyone, everyone should know that uh, you know the founders of Dog Money or Dogecoin, as they call it. It was yeah. created as, as a joke. It's got unlimited supply. The fundamentals 
looked a terrible until you know they changed that then uh, I don't think anyone should be trading without knowing it, it's uh, a very speculative and highly risky thing but uh, certainly the, the excitement's been there and, and on that note I think we should probably wrap it up we're, yeah, we're yeah, well yeah. over time Michael so um, thanks very much we've had Michael Berman from uh, CEO of FXT and myself Tim Muirhead and uh, look at uh, hope you guys have enjoyed it please um, Leave us uh, comments, any questions, we'd be happy to uh, answer them for uh, future episodes and really appreciate thank, you watching. Thank, thank you, Tim, and keep going with your Movember. I like it. Oh, yeah, I had to start early, guys. Um, my Actually, my kids told me this year I should do it, and I said if I was going to start Movember, I had to start uh, a month early, and they said go for it. So hopefully by the end, you'll be able to actually make it out on camera. Okay. <laughs> I can see it. All the yeah. best, Tim. Have a great weekend. Cheers, everyone. Thank you, Michael. See you, everyone. Bye-bye.